This is Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. Yes, we're back. Second show of our Saturday doubleheader coming at your way at this time. This is Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, brought to you by Rock Auto. Please remember to download, rate, and subscribe to Locked On Mariners on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or whichever podcasting app you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners podcast or any of the other wonderful programs here on the Locked On Network or TLOPN or TLOPN. Follow this program on Twitter as well at LO underscore Mariners and follow me on Twitter at DC underscore Lundberg, L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G for those scoring at home. Today is the anniversary. Thank you very much, Jason. Today is the anniversary of the final game of the kingdom. So today we're going to talk about some of our stadium memories growing up and I guess of recent vintage as well, because we've got the perfect guest to talk about the stadiums, don't we? And that, of course, is Locked On Mariners contributor, John Miller. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. (laughs) John, you were at the final game of the Kingdom, as I was, and that was kind of a little bit of a bait-and-switch. That intro was a little bit of a bait-and-switch for Jason Hernandez because, ladies and gentlemen, he has gone on a Major League Ballpark tour and I believe has been to every single current stadium except for the new Texas Stadium, which hasn't opened yet, from Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Also from the first show of our doubleheader, Mr. Jason Hernandez. Jason, how are you doing uh, now? We're going NASCAR style doubleheader, baby. Yeah, we that's are. how we do this. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll talk about recent past memories because why not? Absolutely. And Jason, you are a perfect guest to talk about uh, stadiums. I was I was kind of being facetious. facetious yeah, yeah you were. Yeah. Although, John, like I said, John and I were at the final game of the kingdom. So I'll start with John since it is the anniversary of that game. John, do you have any specific memories of that particular game? Of that particular game, I distinctly remember Edgar Martinez getting kicked out. (laughs) That is one of the bigger memories that I have of that game also. Just prior to the pitch in which was called a strike, which wasn't really a strike, there was a uh, streaker who ran onto the field and broke everybody's concentration, (laughs) which caused a delay. And the next pitch, Brian Onora called a strike. It wasn't a strike. Edgar snapped, and Onora immediately tossed him from the ballgame. Didn't waste a second in doing so. That oh is one God. of the, Yes, that did happen. So Edgar Martinez was ejected from the final game of the kingdom. John, do you remember the post-game panel that they had on the field where they had um, present and former Mariners on the uh, dais, the, the uh, speaker's platform out there, talking about their favorite kingdom memories? Um, the one thing I remember from that ceremony, I, I shouldn't say the one because I remember it quite well. I have it on videotape. Was Julio Cruz was the first man to speak, and he spoke about fielding the final out of Gaylord Perry's 300th win. And he knew that Gaylord Perry would be mad if he didn't throw, it, throw the ball to first base on the dry side. Because, as we all know, Gaylord Perry liked to, had a propensity for loading up the ball, as it were. And later on in that same ceremony, Dave Niehaus asked Gaylord Perry how many jerseys he went through that day, you know, because he'd get grease on his jersey and have to go change. And his answer, nine, which I'm not sure is, I think he was being facetious, but uh, Jay Buhner spoke at that. Ken Griffey Jr. and Sr. spoke at that. 
Lou Pinella was going to, but he had to leave. Edgar Martinez spoke. Harold Reynolds uh, gave a pretty nice speech. And I believe Dave Valley was uh, was there as well. Dave Valley mentioned Omar Vizquel barehanding the final play of um, Chris Basio's no-hitter, for example. Hmm. Um, Jason, did you ever have the um, privilege, I guess, to go to the kingdom? I did not, unfortunately. The first time I went up to Seattle was in 2003, 2004. Okay. So I never got to make it out to Kingdom. I never saw it in place because it was imploded before I got out there. Uh, but as far as other stadium memories, I am going to start with Seattle first. We'll talk about other stadiums later, but I want to yeah. bring up Seattle because mm-hmm. there is a certain recent memory that happened against the Baltimore Orioles in 2018 and why am I bringing that up with the Locked On Mariners host because two years ago we had a little bit of a side bet going yep. and DC had the privileged question mark of trying some insects at Safeco Field Yep, he didn't like him too much I didn't like him too much and honestly I don't remember the bet that we had I have no I, recollection of so placing long, this bet it was so long ago I forgot already yeah but I, I didn't remember the bet at the time either, but there is video of me trying the grasshoppers. John was at this game. He liked the grasshoppers. I didn't care for he, them too much. I didn't like the texture. See, one thing that I did like a lot about the grasshoppers was they were very versatile. You could put them on anything. And in fact, I put some of those grasshoppers, the little suckers, right on the Ivar dog. And you made me put them on my Ivar dog as well. They weren't bad. Taste-wise, it's not bad. I know for you, it's partial, partially taste, partially texture. I know the texture is very bizarre for you because you're eating insects. Yeah, the, the, see, the taste was was fine for me. It I just could not get past the texture. Ah, there's John. Um, John, we were talking about the uh, the grasshoppers. You um, to, to peel back the curtain a little bit, John kind of cut out of our feet a little bit, but... I did not care for the grasshoppers too much. You didn't mind them. I didn't mind them one bit. <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure if you covered this. I, as you said, I cut out. Mm-hmm. But when we were at that game with Jason, yeah, he tried them on an Ivor dog. That's actually, we were and, just and talking about that, yeah. <laughs> he thoroughly enjoyed it. So mm-hmm. that next game that we went to, it may very well have been the last game at Safeco Field. I think it was. And so my wife, Jacqueline, and I both got an Ivor dog and put those on, and it was delicious. Yep. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Once, I'm, see, I, once you get over the fact that it's an insect, it tastes good. I couldn't get past it. In, insect or no, I couldn't get past the texture, and the, and the, the, the legs kept popping off, and I, I couldn't get past that. And I didn't care if they were legs or not. They could have been strawberry seeds for all I care. I don't like things getting caught in my teeth. I'm sorry for you. You're, you're missing out, man. I, you know, in a way, I feel like I am because, like I said, the taste was fine. They would make great salad toppers if I could get past the texture. So, John, that's your next thing is try the grasshoppers on salad. Well, if, if we go again to the largest cell phone store in the world, we'll <laughs> take them out of the ballpark, take them home, and put them on a salad. There you go. And, uh, gentlemen, I think we're just running up on a break right now, and indeed we are, so it's time to pose the Mariners trivia question for the day. And the trivia question reads thusly, Who got the final hit in the kingdom? 
Answer following a word from Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer while choosing the only brand his warehouse carries? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on the market will bear. Rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much money for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right at this exact moment to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Answer to the trivia question. Anybody want to wager a guess at who the last who got the last hit at the kingdom? Anybody want to wager a guess? I'll just say Edgar Martinez. Wrong. Ah. John, do you have a guess? Ken Griffey Jr. That is also incorrect. While he was not the final base runner, the final hit in the kingdom was collected by David Bell in the bottom of the eighth inning of the final game. Alex Rodriguez later reached on an error. Then in the top of the ninth inning, two Rangers hitters, Luis Alisea and future Mariner Mark McLemore, walked, with McLemore being the final base runner. David Bell got the final hit overall in the kingdom. He was also the first Mariner to get a hit in Safeco Field. Hmm. Eric Owens of the Padres has the first overall hit in Safeco Field. And with that, more Locked On Mariners following this from Built Bar. Well, gang, I've said everything I can say about Belt Bar over the last couple months, so for a change of pace, I will do the ad in Japanese. Birutu ba wa hono no chokoreto de tsukuta oishi protein de tobunta karori ga hikui. Which, of course, means Belt Bars are delicious protein bars made with real chocolate, which are low in sugar and calories. Or at least that's what I hope it means. But don't take my word for it. Go on over to BuiltBar.com and try them for yourself. They come in a great variety of flavors. Among my favorites are chocolate raspberry, chocolate orange, and chocolate peanut butter. JD likes the double chocolate mousse, another excellent choice. And the promo code is the same in any language. Locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Use this code to get $10 off your first order. And for everybody, if you buy one box, you can get the second box for the exact same price. Remember, BuiltBar.com is the website. Locked on is the promo code for $10 off your first order. Built Bar, we try harder. Are you kidding me? No. My God. Oh, my God. Now time for the second half of Locked On Mariners. <laughs> yep. Once again, your host, D.C. Lundberg. 
That sound you hear is John cleaning off his lens because the three of us have video today, <laughs> which you at home cannot see. But we are back here on Locked on Mariners. Part of Tloppin', of course, here with John Miller, Locked on Mariners contributor, and Jason Hernandez, whatever role he has. I have no idea. But uh, we're and he's wearing Jersey a very... In- Jersey, Jersey enthusiast. enthusiast role. Jersey enthusiast. Official Mariners jersey enthusiast wearing a Cardinals jersey today, of course. But not just any Cardinals jersey. Jason, tell the nice folks about it. It is a turn ahead the clock night Cardinals jersey. Indeed it oh, is. Of course, the, Mar- the Mariners being the originators of T-B-A-C. No, Back. turn ahead the clock night. T-A-T-C. Whatever. Or, or tact <laughs> Or whatever it is. Yeah. So the Mariners had the first iteration of that. They played the Royals. Mm-hmm. And then 21st Century decided, oh, we're going to advertise the heck out of this and make this a thing. So 1999, guess what? A bunch of teams wore turn ahead the clock jerseys, including the Mariners. At least the Mariners decided to go really futuristic. They did a birds on the bat logo, sort of. But they are mechanical birds, and it's a metal bat. <laughs> It's actually one of the better turn ahead the clock jerseys that were that were out there because there were some that were not real pretty. <laughs> the Mercury Mets, yeah, not too good. That was a weird one. The, the Rockies Royals were won. kind of weird. Well, what half the teams did was they just made their regular logos oversized, and there were a couple teams that actually had imagination and kind of redid their logos. The mm-hmm. Cardinals made it futuristic metal Cardinals. The Twins, they redid their logo, and they had little orbits around planet Earth. I thought that one was kind of cool, too. I like the Brewers. The Brewers one was cool. That one was a different take on the Bernie Brewer beer barrel mascot. Yes. Sorry, not the Bernie Brewer, the beer barrel mascot. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I do like... I remember that the Yankees were quoted saying, well, we're already wearing the jerseys of the future because... These will be the jerseys for all time. So I applauded the Yankees for that statement. Yeah, I'm kind of glad that they didn't take part because that would have just looked weird, wouldn't it have, John? I, I, As you both were saying that, I was wondering what spin they would have taken on the classic pinstripes. Yeah, what would they have done if they were forced to do it? That's a good question, actually. Uh, I don't have any ideas off the top of my head. Maybe gray pinstripes? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe like even a take? maybe like metallic silver pinstripes, oh, or uh, those or neon pinstripes of some sort. I don't know. Whatever oh, they God, would have no. done, it would have been bad. Actually, here's something that I'm thinking about now. Mm-hmm. Of the 30 major league teams since 1999, how many of them have their same uniforms from the 1990 era? Because the Mariners have mostly had an unchanged jersey. The Dodgers have not changed their jerseys. The Red Sox haven't. The Red Sox really haven't. Uh, the Yankees really haven't. Angels, Cardinals haven't. Yeah. The Cubs didn't take part, but the Cubs haven't really changed their jersey much either. No. It's kind of a short list, now to think about it. It is a short list. Um, now, now that we've spent seven minutes talking about that, back to ballpark memories, I suppose. <laughs> and actually, a good ballpark memory is turn back the clock night, because I was at the original and the um, the second one. John, were you at either of them? I don't think I was. Okay, so maybe that's not such a good topic because I know JD wasn't either of them either. John, um, I know you grew up going to both the Kingdom and Cheney Stadium. I just kind of, maybe just kind of talk about some of your favorite specific memories that you have 
you know, growing up as a young child going to ball games? There was always the excitement. We would get there early enough, either at Cheney Stadium when it was the Tacoma Tigers and then the Tacoma Rainiers and getting to see some of these players and trying to, I would always keep the scorecard and remember the names and then go home and watch the big league games come September or maybe even middle of the season that call-ups and I still have card sets from a lot of those years and I can look but like I remember I saw this guy and now, and now he's a big league star some of these guys that and kind of infamous in Seattle but Alex Rodriguez I saw him in the minor leagues and I, you've spoken, I think, about seeing Raul Abanez in the minor leagues, too, if I, if I recall. Yes, sir. And there were times where we we caught, say, I believe, Ken Griffey Jr. and guys like Kazuhiro Sasaki or something on a rehab assignment. Yeah. We were just we were going to a Tacoma Rainiers game, and they were rehabbing, so we saw them with the team. There was one Everett Aqua Sox game that I went to, in which there was a Mariner on a rehab assignment, so you know, I don't remember who else was playing in that at that particular time for the Aqua Sox, but we got to see Greg Colburn go 0 for 4. Oh, wow! <laughs> <laughs> he was rehabbing in, in Everett at the time. Uh, Jason, do you have any uh, specific memories about going to the ballpark growing up? Ooh, it depends on the ballpark, because I went to a lot of minor league games out in Rancho Cucamonga, went to... Um, what was it? Lake Elsinore when they yeah. first opened. Ballparks plural Those, then, yes. Yeah, they were fun games. But I definitely have memories of going to Dodger Stadium and Angel Stadium as a youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite memories growing up at Dodger Stadium was getting to do the photo days and meeting some of the players back then. Oh, yeah. I met players like Juan Samuel, Eddie Murray oh, my. when he was a Dodger. Wow. Which was which was a big deal back then because I'm like, it's Eddie Murray. Uh-huh. He's big Sl- time. So I Slam cool. dunk Hall of Famer. Yeah. With one of the lowest wars, but still slam dunk Hall of Famer. Most uh, home runs for a switch hitter ever. One of the few players with 500 home runs, 3,000 hits. And when he was in his younger days, a very good defensive first baseman and a leader on the Baltimore Orioles at a very young age. The veterans absolutely. were taking his lead because of his work ethic and the way he carried himself, and he, he couldn't understand why. I also, I don't want to say traumatic sports memory, but... There's a reason why I never, ever leave games, and it happens in my youth. And I've talked about this on Locked on Angels. Yep. My aunt, 4th of July game, decided to leave an Angels game early because it was a blowout at the time. And because Angel Stadium was enclosed at the time because the Rams were still playing there, you had to walk to the parking lot, leave the stadium entirely because you couldn't see the fireworks from where you were sitting. So you had to go out to the parking lot, get a good spot and stay out there. Well, we waited and waited and waited. The game went extra innings. I heard the crowd going, we're like, what the crap is going on? So that was the first and only mm, time. Is that a lie? (laughs) Maybe it is. That I snuck back into Angel Stadium. I had a ticket. (laughs) I was a kid. I didn't know better. But I I snuck back in because it was a late game. Mm Mm-hmm. It eventually went into, I think, 12 innings. Angels eventually won that game on a walk-off. And then I ran out 
met my family at the spot and saw the fireworks from the back, but I didn't care because I got to see the angels walk off. That's more important. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. But that is why I never leave a game early, and I still blame her for that. There was a similar... I had a similar experience, I think, in 1999. It was still at the Kingdom. They hadn't moved to Safeco Field yet. It was 1999 because this specific player was a Mariner this year only. I was at the uh, game with a friend of mine and his father, and his father always left the games early because, you know, he had to get up for work the next morning. So, you know, fifth or sixth inning, you know, time to go. And on the way home, the Mariners were losing when we left. And on the way home, Butch Husky hit a grand slam, and the Mariners wound up winning the game. And I was not real happy about that. Um, not, you know, kind of one of the few uh, things Butch Husky did well. As, no, he did, actually did pretty well as a Mariner. He just couldn't field. Why am I talking about Butch Husky in any case? I don't know, but I, I want to ask you you two a question. Please And do. I kind of want to bring this up because I have my own answers for this. So Good. what are some of the memories you have where maybe a specific historic moment happened? Or what's one of the games that you will always remember for something historic? DC, you're smiling. You're smirking. Yeah. You have an answer, don't you? Well, I, I, yeah, I actually have two answers. One of them... The first one that came to mind, which is why he is asking this question, I have to talk about this. I was at the game in Safeco Field where Rafael Palmero got his 3,000th hit. Nice. Which we all later was fa- found out, you know, he, he had some help with that, so it's not legitimate. So that's so I was at that game. I was also at a game in 1997, which I talked about on the show, was the second game of the 1997 season in the Kingdom against the Yankees, where Tino Martinez hit three home runs against the Mariners, a solo home run, a two-run home run, and a three-run home run. And he had two shots at a salami, which would have made him the first player to hit home runs for the cycle. He wound up not doing it, but it was a 16-2 to loss. And especially since Tino was a former Mariner, Everybody was chanting his name because they wanted him to get that grand slam <laughs> to hit home runs for the cycle and have ho- four home runs in a game. But as it stands, that had to be the game of Tino Martinez's life, and that actually was rather enjoyable. Nice. How about you, John? I can't think of any specific heroics that come to mind that stand out as being those those milestone-type things. That's a shame. I mean... Seattle's had some pretty good milestones. You know, the 116 win season, maybe you saw one of those games that season. <laughs> I was I at Alex not. Rodriguez's first game back. All right. That was fun. Yeah, and, uh, as, multi- as, as, as you know, I've been to a few of those historic games, mainly because I try to place myself at the ballpark during those historic moments. Um, you know, I saw a perfect game. Dennis Martinez mm-hmm. was at Angel Stadium about this time last year, almost to the day. We had the no-hitter against the Mariners, where the Angels no-hit them, but that was a very emotional game. That game was over when Mike Trout hit the home run in, as a second batter in the bottom of the first inning. Over. When Mike Trout over hit at that, that time. home run and pointed to the booth where the Skaggs family was, people around me were crying. I didn't lose it yet. I only lost it when it was towards the very end when they placed all the jerseys on the mound. That's oh when I lost gosh. it. Oh, my gosh. You know, and getting into the later stages of that game, and John, maybe you can speak to this a little bit as well. Um, watching it on TV, I was in Spokane at that time. I wasn't living in Seattle anymore. But as the game progressed and the no-hitter kept not, you know, the no-hitter was still intact, I have to admit, on Locked On Mariners, this has to be 
one of the few times, maybe the, it's the only time I can think of off the top of my head where I was actually rooting for the opposing team. Just because given the circumstances and let's have let's let the angels have their day after what they have been through and i'm happy that they got their no hitter and yeah i was rooting against my team sorry guys there's that time and dc you might remember this i think you were at the game with us Mm -hmm. where the mariners played the dodgers at safeco field Ah, and i'm decked out in my mariners cap and my dodgers shirt Mm -hmm. and literally every hit i'm cheering the Dodgers get a hit. I'm cheering. I yeah. might have been the only one in that section. The Dodgers creamed them, and, oh, that was a great game, and I've never felt so bipolar in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I remember from that game, John, is that Robins, that was Robinson Cano's first game back from being suspended. And the four of us, you and your wife Jacqueline, me and my friend Shannon, we were all booing the hell out of Robinson Cano Yes, at, at the time, and I think we were the only ones doing that. But he deserved it. <laughs> yeah, given everything. Yeah, but and I, I, I and could talk about I could talk about milestone games all day. But I know you have to wrap it up. So yeah, I have other stuff from ballparks because I've been <laughs> all thirty of them. Yep, you know, a little Mariners magnet and a beer chip from Cardinals Nation. I still have this <laughs> from the Hall of Fame Club. So I got I got interviewed at St. Louis. Yeah, because that was my thirtieth and final stadium. Oh, okay. Yeah. And because nice. I brought a sign that said 30 for 30, they interviewed me at St. Louis. I don't know where that video is, but they interviewed me. They gave me a bunch of free beer, and I used almost all of it. <laughs> I'm glad that you kept one of those tokens. I don't know if I have anything from ballparks, specifically mementos. The weirdest thing that I have is a napkin from the Hit It Here Cafe. Uh, when they had the public memorial service to Dave Niehaus when they were serving salami sandwiches on rye bread, I kept the oh. napkin. I kept the napkin it was served with. Interesting. That's so an interesting I, I, memento. John, do you have any weird little mementos like that from ballparks? I have been on several ballpark tours in Camden Yards and Safeco Field and mm-hmm. the Kingdom stuff like that. And as they take you through the on the little route they take on the field and through the dugouts and stuff like that, usually one of the the media team or scorekeepers will leave a pencil, Mm. one of those little stubby pencils. And I've managed to like, okay, just take this one. and It has the team name on it. (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) You took the scorekeeper's pencil? That's awesome. I love it. Yes. I never even thought about that. (laughs) <laughs> but now you will, JD. He's given you a good idea. No, because I'm a, I was a scorekeeper myself. I bring my own pens. I bring my own stuff to the arenas. All right. When I work the games, because I don't want him taking my pens. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. And I have to go back on something I said earlier about not rooting against the Mariners. That was the only time. I grew up an Orioles fan. I used to go to a lot of Baltimore Oriole games at the Kingdome. So, yeah, I was rooting for the, or- the, for the Orioles at that time. But after Cal Ripken Jr. retired, no more. No, thank you. <laughs> I, was a, I was a Mariners fan through and through at that point. Not much of a fan of Peter Angelos. And I don't know if there are a lot of people in Baltimore who are fans of Angelos as well. No, J.D. JD no. is shaking his head emphatically. No, they're not. Gentlemen, anything else? Any uh, profound final thoughts before we wrap up the show? 
I miss going to the ballparks. I mean, we are talking about ballpark memories because they are yeah. right now memories. Yeah. Because we haven't been to a ballpark in so long. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that a vaccine is found soon and we can get back to going to baseball games in 2021 and I can get back to bringing John and his wife and DC can come out to S- Seattle, maybe have some more grasshoppers. Yes. <laughs> John's okay with this. Y'all can come to Spokane. John's okay with the grasshoppers. Y'all can come to Spokane and we can take in a Spokane Indians game, which is actually affordable. Or I can do what John mentioned, and now I'm thinking about this, yeah. is bring some grasshoppers with us to Spokane. <laughs> yes, but there's a yes. minor league rule. No outside food allowed in minor league stadiums, which actually is okay because the food is actually reasonably priced at the minor league stadiums. And it's pretty decent, too. You know, so, I will go on record so, as saying that the food at a Vista stadium is better than the food at Safeco Field. Oh, hands down. Are there grasshoppers? No. No. So right to a Vista Stadium or right to the Spokane Indians. <laughs> right to the Brett brothers, George and Ken Brett. They own the Spokane Indians. Give them the idea to serve the grasshoppers at a Vista Stadium and uh, tell them that uh, Locked on Anaheim Ducks sent you. <laughs> Put me under the bus. Thanks a lot. Oh, you're welcome. And just for that, I will let you go first. As we close out, close out, JD, where can people find you on Twitter? Where can people uh, find your show and any other thoughts that you want to bestow upon the listening audience? People can find me on the Locked On Podcast Network on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Just type in Locked On Anaheim Ducks and you will find it. Or you can ask your smart device to play Locked On Anaheim Ducks. And that should work because if you say Locked On Ducks you might get the Oregon Ducks feed. So make sure you say the city and the team. Or you'll get a cooking show. Yeah. We'll have all our ducks in a row. And you can find us on Twitter at LO underscore ducks or personally at SteampyJD as in Ren and Stimpy because everybody loves a good 90s Snick cartoon. And don't (laughs) at me, but I think Ren and Stimpy was slightly better than Rugrats. But Doug was up there as well. I may or may not have the box set of Doug. Really? Yes. Of Doug. <laughs> of do, Doug, yes. Do, 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 We're going to have to pay money if you go if you Sorry. Sorry. It's I right. only did the opening melody and that was it. I did just enough to not get sued. Then <laughs> that's exactly where I cut you off to, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Jason, thank you again for joining us. Always a lot of fun having you on the show. And these video shows actually are a lot more fun than just audio. <laughs> John is shaking his head, yes. Myself and make John laugh while he tells us where we can find him. I can be found on the Twitter sphere (laughs) at SeattlePilot69. Nice. (laughs) Yes, uh, John, always a pleasure having you on the show as well. As JD distracts us with a miniature Rubik's Cube. Yikes. Anyways, uh, next time on Locked on Mariners, ladies and gentlemen, I will be joined by guest panelists Larry Tate, Gorgon Heap, and a belt sander. You will not want to miss the conversation the four of us will have. It promises to be a dandy, as the late, great Dave Niehaus would say. Uh, JD, thank you very much for throwing me off. But please do remember to download, rate, and subscribe to Locked on Mariners on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. 
Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. JD, you're pressing your luck. Uh, <laughs> please remember to download. Rate it. I already said all that. Now follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow me on Twitter at DC underscore Lundberg. That'll do it for today. Thank you for listening to both editions of this Saturday doubleheader gang. Until next week, I hope you have a great weekend. Long live the high Luis Ortiz, you surprising me, but I know who that is. This is Joey Martin saying no, join us back here next play. time for another edition of Locked On Mariners, part of oh, the Locked On Podcast Network. Ask your smart device to play Locked On MLB upon the conclusion of this program. <laughs>